0: Good Krishna, everyone. Good morning. Go praying. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya, namaskritya. namaskritya. Chaiva narotamam. narotamam, Devim Sarasatim Vyasam, Tato, Tato, Tato Jayam Udhiraye. We'll read today from the Srimad Bhagavatam first canto, second chapter which is entitled Divinity and Divine Service. And the text will be number three. So the translation for today's verse is as follows. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto him, Shuka, the spiritual master of all sages, the son of Vyasadeva, who out of his great compassion for those gross materialists who struggle to cross over the darkest regions of material existence, spoke this most confidential supplement to the cream of Vedic knowledge after having personally assimilated it by experience. And I'll do the word for word. Ya. Yeah. 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 He who. He, who. Sva so, anubhavam. So, anubhavam. Self-assimilated ex- and experienced. Experience. Akila. All around. all around. Shruti, Shruti. the Vedas. Saram. cream, ekam, the only one. Adhyatma, transcendental, Aadyatma. Deepam. Deepam. deepam, torchlight, torch-light. attititir shatam, desiring to overcome. overcome. Tama undam. Deeply dark, Deeply dark material existence. Samsarinam. Samsarinam. Of, the men. of the materialistic men. Karunaya. Karunaya. Out, of mercy. Out of causeless mercy. Aha. Aha. Said. Said. Purana. Purana. Supplement to the Vedas. Supplement to the Vedas. Kuhyam. Very confidential. Tum Unto him. Unto him. Vyasa, sunum. Vyasa Sunum. The son of Vyasadeva. Son of Vyasadeva. Vyasadeva. Upayami. 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 Let me offer my obeisances. Gurum. Guru. The spiritual master. The spiritual master. Muninam. Muninam. The great sadist. yes swa Makila shuti sarame kam yes swa-dha-va-vam akila shuti sarame samsarinam karunayaha purānakuyam Okay, here's the purport. In this prayer, Srila Sutta Goswami practically summarizes the complete introduction of Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is the natural supplementary commentary on the Vedanta Sutras. The Vedanta Sutras or the Brahma Sutras were compiled by Vyasadeva with a view to presenting just the cream of Vedic knowledge. Srimad Bhagavatam is the natural commentary on this cream. Srila Shukadeva Goswami was a thoroughly realized master on the Vedanta Sutra, and consequently, he also personally realized the commentary, Srimad Bhagavatam. And just to show his boundless mercy upon bewildered materialistic men who want to cross Completely over nescience, he recited for the first time this confidential knowledge. There's no point in arguing that a materialistic man can be happy. No materialistic creature, be he the great Brahma, or an insignificant ant, can be happy. Everyone tries to make a permanent plan for happiness, but everyone is baffled by the laws of material nature. Therefore, the materialistic world is called the darkest region of God's creation, Yet the unhappy materialist can get out of it simply by desiring to get it out. Unfortunately, they are so foolish that they do not want to escape. Therefore, they are compared to the camel who relishes thorny twigs because he likes the taste of the twigs mixed with blood. He does not realize that it is his own blood and that his tongue is being cut by the thorns. Similarly to the materialist, his own blood is as sweet as honey. And although he is always harassed by his own material creations, he does not wish to escape. Such materialists are called karmis. Out of hundreds of thousands of karmis, only a few may feel tired of material engagement and desire to get out of the labyrinth. Such intelligent persons are called jnanis. The Vedanta Sutra is directed to such jnanis. But Sri Vyasadeva, being the incarnation of the Supreme Lord, could foresee the misuse of the Vedanta Sutra by unscrupulous men and therefore he personally supplemented the Vedanta Sutra with the Bhagavata Purana. It is clearly said that this Bhagavatam is the original commentary on the Brahma Sutras. Srila Vyasadeva also instructed the Bhagavatam to his own son, Shukadev Goswami, Swami, who is already at the liberated stage of transcendence. Srila Shukadeva realized it personally, and then explained it. By the mercy of Śrīla Shukadev, the Bhagavata Vedanta Sutra is available for those sincere souls who want to get out of material existence. Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam is the one unrivaled commentary on Vedanta Sutra. Śrīpācha Shankarcharya intentionally did not touch it because he knew that the natural commentary would be difficult for him to surpass. He wrote his Sharira and his so-called followers deprecated the Bhagavatam as some, quote-unquote, new presentation. One should not be misled by such propaganda directed against the Bhagavatam by, by the Mayavad school. From this introductory shloka, the beginning student should know that Srimad Bhagavatam is the only transcendental literature meant for those who are Paramahamsas and completely freed from the material disease called malice. The Mayavadis are envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, despite Sri Pat Shankaracharya's admission that Narayan, the Personality of Godhead, is above the material creation. The envious Mayavadi cannot have access to the Bhagavatam, but those who are really anxious to get out of this material existence may take shelter of this Bhagavatam, because it is uttered by the liberated Shula Shukadev Goswami. It is the transcendental torchlight by which one can see perfectly the transcendental absolute truth realized as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. My obeisances to His Grace, Vatsala Prabhu, Shashikala Prabhu, my beloved God, brother and God sister, Hare Krishna, and to all the simple devotees who are holding forth here in Austin area to spread the mercy of the Srimad Bhagavatam to everybody. And to Srila Prabhupada, who made it all possible, who's brought us together here today. The ambassador of goodwill. This is a, a topic uh, upon which I was asked to speak today. And the word ambassador comes from Sanskrit, ambitaha. Ambitaha means to, to be able to connect both sides of something. And the word ambassador also uh, is in the word embassy. The in the, the etymology of the word, am and m are used interchangeably. So emissary um, and ambassador and so forth, m and um are used. The meaning of the word is to be able to connect one side with another, and we've find that that's the spirit of this verse actually it's the spirit of the srimad bhagavatam itself and the verse today saramekam mm-hmm. so so uh, so we find in the bhagavatam especially starting at naimisharanya in the first chapter of the of the bhagavatam at the gathering of sages, they're asking Burini Bhutri Karmani Shotavyani Viphagasha, Atasadya Triatsaram, Samu Trita Manishaya, Bruhi Bhadraya Bhutanam Yena Masuprasidati. This is one of the requests of the sages at Naimasharnya. They say Burini Bhudi Karmani. There are so many activities to be done as prescribed by the Vedas. Shotavani Viphagasha and there are millions of things that one can hear. Even nowadays, if you go to Loi Bazaar, and you go to Rasa Bahari Lal's bookshop, you think it's just a small little shop, but it's like about five stories high, and every room has unlimited titles of books that you can read, and nowadays people will go in and just like, I'll take this book, that book, this book, that book, and even in the time Prabhupada was here, and Prabhupada had some basic books that, I mean, they're hardly basic. They're actually the essence of everything. The, he had the Bhagavatam, he had the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, then the Chaitanya Charamita, the Bhagavad Gita, of course, an extra devotion. He said, these five books, they're sufficient. And then he noticed that devotees were collecting all kinds of other books. And I'm not against libraries. I have one myself. But he said that, that I noticed, the devotees are collecting many austere books. And there's a tendency to overcomplicate things. And even at the time at Naimasharanya, there was this request by the sages. They had said, mm-hmm. It's a debilitated age in Kali Yuga, he said, people have short lives, quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed. So how will people be able to read all these books, follow all these karmas during this time. So he said, karmani, Please just give us the cream. What's the essence of all these things? Why? Uh, for the soul. How will people become satisfied? The word prasad comes from the word prasad, which means grace or mercy. How will that come to people in this age of Kali Yuga? It's one of the questions they asked. And so we find also in this verse, Yaswanubhava yes, Makila Shruti Saramikam. What are we talking about in the Bhagavatam? It's a discussion between Sugadeva Goswami and Pariksit Maharaja. And why is it important? Because now uh, Vyasadeva is announcing that the person, the speaker, has realized it has realized this cream, the essence of it. Yesvanupavam. So, uh, he is, he's done it himself. He's actually taken it in. Yesvanupavam akila. Well, akila means all. Akila shrutisaram, the, the essence, the cream of all the shrutis. There's so many shrutis to be heard, as we mentioned from the last chapter. shara ekam adyam adipam Tirshatam tamondam. And what's it for? It's meant for people who are in darkness, tamondam, the darkest of ignorance, Means so they can rise above it. Yasvanu bhava saram ekam adhyatma dipam atitirshittam tamondam samsarinam karunayaha purana gunyam. So, so, so samsarinam means those who are trapped in samsara. So there's, uh, if you look at the world, you see everyone's trapped in samsara. I mean, I suppose you could ascertain that by looking. We can understand it from Bhagavad Gita, how people are being accommodated by material nature, uh, one one life after another. And samsariram karunayaha. So this verse is, a, this word is extremely important. Karunayaha. It means to, to show compassion. And karunayaha means to out of compassion for others. This is the essence of the word ambassador. That there's a sense that, a person is going to connect somebody uh, to a uh, more beneficial situation. And uh, an ambassador of goodwill, as Prabhupada wrote in, his, uh, in one of his pamphlets when he was describing the mission of the Srim Bhagavatam, is that those who carry it, they become ambassadors of goodwill. And a sense of ambitaha, the word ambassador, means to connect people... To reality, this is the mission of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Reality, distinguished from illusion, for the welfare of all. And to those who do that, Bhavad Vida bhagavatas vayam vibo gadabrita. is mentioned by Yudhishthira to Vidura. Uh, Vidura had uh, was a great uh, soul, pure devotee of Krishna, and Yudhishthira said of him that you're a tirta. A tirtha in Sanskrit means a bridge to a higher reality. And she said, there are tirtas, but you purify even the holy places where many people go to take bath and leave their sins. And so you're a tirta because you carry that... Supreme personality of God and love for him within your heart. So wherever you go, you purify everyone, you bring them to the other side just by your association. So this is the idea of of Shukadev Goswami in this verse that he's assimilated all this the cream of the Vedic literature from his father, Vyasadeva. We know the story, how that happens. Uh Uh-oh, okay. So that he Shukadev was a liberated soul even before he was born, right? He didn't want to come out of the womb because he could understand that, the, that he would be captured by the material energy as soon as he came out. This is mentioned by Kapiladev in the Third canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, that the soul within the womb, at a certain point of development of the fetus, becomes aware that he's in the womb. And this is a precarious situation because I'm trapped in this situation. Then he becomes aware as the fortunate soul, that I've done this unlimited numbers of times. I've been in the same situation. He also becomes aware of the fact that I'm conscious now that this is not where I'd like to be at all, and that I've forsaken the Lord, and therefore I've been caught in this situation. And he's saying that I know when I come out of the womb, I'm forced out of the birth channel, that my senses become externalized and the senses and their objects are interconnected and therefore I'll become part of the world again and I'll completely forget that I'm a spirit soul, I'm your servant. So he even prays, let me just stay here. I don't want to come out. Sri Swami is not a conditioned soul, uh, even when he was in the womb. But he had this sense that I don't want to come out into the world because he was afraid of it, just like... Pralad Maharaj said to Lord Nrsingadev in his prayers, "Trastos maham hogra." Said, "I'm not afraid of you like everybody else. Brahma was afraid. Lakshmi was afraid. It's like I don't know if that's my husband or not." And everyone was cowering because of the the fierce feature of Lord Nrsingadev. But Prahlad Maharaj says, "Trastos maham hogra." I'm not afraid of you, my Lord. I'm afraid of your Vishnu Maya. I don't want to become captured. So Shukadev had this sense even in the womb. And then uh, Krishna came to the household of of, of Vyasadeva and, and he spoke to Shrigadeva in the womb. He said, I guarantee you, you won't become attached. You can come out. <laughs> so he finally he came out. And then we find in the first two verses of the second chapter, iti samprasna samprasna vipranam ramaharshani pratipuja stetam prabhaktum. He left home. He didn't undergo. He didn't go to school. There's no school for him. Anupetam. <laughs> I'm not going to school. Cover your ears, kids. Um, I'm not going to take the sacred thread. The no upayami. Everything. I'm. Go- I'm just. I'm going to the forest. This was his mood. Uh, Shukadev. And he didn't want to touch the material world at all. So he left for the forest. His father ran after him and called, Oh, my son. And then poetically it's described how only the trees echoed in response to the grief father. And as his father chased after him, he, he, uh, Shukadev, walked past a bathing area where the women who were bathing naked, they saw him and they said, No, he he doesn't see us. He makes no distinction. But when Vyasadev came by, they put on all their clothes. So Shukadev was known to be this liberated soul. He went to the forest. And there in the forest, Vyasudev contrived of a way to bring him back. Bring him back into the fold of the Bhagavat. So he sent out some of his students into the forest to recite verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Because this liberated soul, Shukadev there, was residing in the forest. So they they sang out verses. That would attract the mind of of, of Shukadev. And it did. And he came back to learn the Srimad Bhagavatam from his father, Srila Vyasadev. And that's where this verse takes up. That having assimilated, now what, what do you do? What is the next thing that you do once if you're liberated soul, but then you become situated in the the positive situation of you become uh, situated in devotional service. What's the next thing to do? And a way to describe this is a a number line. On a number line you have correct me if I'm wrong negative numbers. Then you have next stop is Zero. zero and then you have positive numbers. So material life Is Like the negative numbers you think oh the numbers are getting bigger. So is your debt. It's negative by the way You're I'm spending here in the material world. I'm endeavoring to situate myself to be happy here in the material world, correct? You know it takes some arrangement here, but there's a debt to be paid I have to pay it off and this is called karma. It's a debt that I incur by trying to live in the material world which naturally requires that I exploit other living beings. So I have to pay for that. Now, some philosophers, they'll say then, spiritual life is the opposite of material life, which means, what, zero. Let's stop everything. And then they come all the way up the number line to zero. So that may be a relief. But zero is zero after all, isn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong. But when you're at zero... The, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that um, we can't stay there at zero because, by nature, the soul is active and wants to uh, uh, engage. Uh, it's it's eternally active. We can't stay at the zero position. So, as mentioned by the demigods praying to Lord Krishna within the womb, to mm-hmm. नै You can't stay in some imagined, liberated condition. You'll fall down eventually. Even if you achieve liberation into Brahman, because of the impetus, of the soul to taste variety, ananda, uh, variety is the spice of life. And without any knowledge of the variety of the spiritual world, the soul naturally falls from the zero position the neutral position back into the attraction of the material world because the material world is in a a reflection, a perfect reflection of the spiritual world. And so it's it it makes a lot of sense that the soul would become allured by that and faked out and thinking, okay, I can actually enjoy here. So what's the solution? You have to move into the positive numbers. And that's what the Srimad Pakavatam is. So Shukadev, he was in that position I'm not going to touch the material world, but then when he heard, that, uh, like, one of the verses he heard was about how Krishna liberated Putana, uh, Baki, Baki's sister of Bakasura, And when he heard how merciful he was, that he liberated even this she-demon when he was a baby. He had, she had come to kill him by smearing poison on her breast, and that uh, she pretended to be a nurse. But then Krishna, he said, okay, she pretended to be a nurse, and I'll give her liberation as my mother. These uh, these verses about Bhagavan, about Krishna in his various forms, they're so attractive. Attractive to the mind of Shukadev, and he came into the fold of the Srimad Bhagavatam, exploring the unlimited pastimes of Krishna in the spiritual world. And they're under the tutelage of his father, Sri Vyasadeva, he had learned that. So now Karuna Yahak Puranaguyam, why is he moving? Why is he before he would just stay still and be aloof from the material world, but now why is he walking? Why is he moving in the world? This is also explained in the Sri Śrī Brahma Samhita. Sri kanta Kanta Parama Taravu through. It's described there in the spiritual world. What are people doing? They're moving. They're not staying still. They're not aloof. They're dancing. Every word is a song. Every gate is a dance. But why are they dancing? It's not for profit. They're in, it's, it's out of bliss. It's out of joy, out of service. Every step is a step of service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, the ambassador of goodwill is one who has moved into the positive numbers, is actually experiencing the happiness of Krishna's uh, service. And now, Karuna Yaha Purana Guyam. Because he, is, uh, he has something to offer. And what is that? Purana Guhyam. It's the most uh, essentialized cream, the secret of the of all the Vedas he has there. Purana uh, Kuyam. It's it's the it's a very essentialized point of all the Vedas. As we heard, Nigama Galitam Galitamparam, Shukamukaram, Rita Dravasam Yutam. It's nigama kalpa. There's the Vedas are a huge tree. And what is their ultimate purpose? What is the ultimate purpose of any tree for 20 points? Produce fruit. So here it is, this is it, I've got the fruit and now uh, what do you do with it? When I was a kid, grew up in Lafayette, California nice place for fruit trees to grow, it's very hot in the summer and mild in in the winter, peaches love it there we had a peach tree in our front yard and the juiciest peaches, one peach, would you'd eat one peach and you'd feel satisfied maybe for another two years and there are so many peaches that we put them all in boxes and we go door-to-door in our neighborhood and we just give them to all the neighbors. Because like, we've got peaches, our trees, putting so many out. So this is the mood of Shukadev. He's eaten that peach uh, under the tutelage of his father. Nagama it's, it's, it's not even like, it's like a peach smoothie or something. Dravya means it's, it's, it's been blended into a, you don't even have to chew it, you just drink it. There's no skin, no seed, it's just drink it and, and it becomes, it's so fulfilling that uh, what happens, you, you just swoon and you pass out, it says uh, Srila Vishnu at Chakravarti He said, what do you do when you wake up? He said, drink some more. <laughs> That's the life of a devotee. It's just like, what is it? You guys do this all the time? What about work? Where, where's your toil in the material world? So I go, we don't do that anymore. And Shukadeva didn't do it any, ever. But once he took to the life of the Bhagavad, then he had something to give the world. purana tam sunum upayami muninam. so upayami, they're offering obeisances to this uh, Shukadeva Goswami who's now set out on a mission just to give mercy. He doesn't have a particular place to go. It's all by the Lord's arrangement wherever he'll go as an ambassador of goodwill I have something to give now because my heart is full. I'm not a taker I don't have to go somewhere because I need something from you the various motivations mentioned by Bhakti Munotakur, fear is the lowest of all motivations I, I'm moving because I'm afraid if I don't if I don't do this then I'll, I'll somehow I'll be ruined And above fear is prospect. I'm doing it because I'm getting paid. Because if your boss calls you tomorrow and says, you come in. But one thing, I'm not going to pay you anymore. You'll stop going, right? Say yes. (laughs) So above prospect, then there's duty. And you see people, they'll do their duty. It's like, why are you doing it? You're not getting paid. Like, it's my duty. So then above that, Mariada, that's I'm going to do it as my duty, is love. Love is the highest motivation, Bhakti Vinod says. When you love someone, you just, you'll do anything for them. It, it, because your heart is overflowing with this sense that uh, I just want to serve them. And this is the, the entrance into the spiritual world, beginning with Shantaras, where there's just a neutral appreciation for God. But then when it fills up, and it's like, well, let me do something. Look, can I... Can I bring you something how about a carrot or in the early days there's devotees speaking about their first experience of coming in contact with Krishna consciousness and one devotee said you know she collected all kinds of things from the beach like shells and feathers and things like that and you know she'd bring them to Prabhupada it's like here take this and somebody walked in one time during a program 26 second avenue a drunk guy kind of stumbled in and Although he wasn't fit to sit down in the class because he was intoxicated. He had some appreciation that something spiritual was going on there. So he brought a roll of toilet toilet paper. (laughs) And Prabhupada, you know, acknowledged him. He put it in in the bathroom and he walked out. And there was this sense that, you know, let me give something. Let me do some service. However simple it may be. In the eighth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, we have Gajendra. Gajendra is someone that Prahlad Maharaj notices Bhagavan when he's praying to Lord Nishringadeva he's saying that the demigods they have all these great qualities they know Sanskrit they, uh, they're very powerful they're effulgent uh, all these uh, great qualities he said but um, Lord Nishringadeva didn't accept their, their prayers he, they offered all these prayers all of them and he was still angry. So then he thought of Gajendra, bhakti toshu, tosha bhagavangaja although he's an elephant, just big animal. But he said he had a little bhakti, and near the end, after he had been captured by the crocodile, he grabbed a lotus flower from the pond, and he's like, I can do this, you know, and he offered whatever prayers he could. If you could hear an elephant sing prayers, <laughs> you know, was from his heart. How he was singing, he's offering letters to Tosha. He he satisfied Krishna because he was sincere. So Prahlad says, let me just try to be sincere and offer this. So this comes into Dasiras. Because then there's a sense that let me just do something, anything I just appreciate out of gratitude. And then that thickens. And there's a thickening thickening, that's hard to say, thickening of faith. Yadrishi, Yadrishi, Shraddha, Siddhir, Babadita, Dhrishi, Brahma Samhita says, as your faith thickens, so does your perfection in devotional service. And more and more, there's a sense of uh, intimate service to, to Krishna. And that's what this Purana Kuhyam is. The the, the the full explanation, the whole spectrum of the, the deep services that one can render to the Supreme Personality of God. In. So on a practical level, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought that to the whole world and offered that to everybody. So, last year we were in Utah, because that's where Sadhusanga was. And we took three days with Radhika Raman Prabhu and his family in Utah. I forget what city they live in. And we stayed at their house, and we had a lot of talks about Bhagavatam. So, one thing that came up in a conversation I found very interesting was that a philosophy... Uh, according to the Vaishnavas, and in the in the Sri Sampradaya, there are these two terms that uh, describe how a philosophy uh, becomes complete, a philosophical system. Uh, one is Paratva. Paratva means it has to be an amazing philosophy, something majestic, something that really calls to us, that is beyond our our. Uh, current context and imagination that is so wonderful that it compels us to go for it and The other one is called salabya salabya means that you have to be able to access it If you have paratva in other words, the philosophy is so wonderful. It's amazing But you can't enter into it. You actually can't practice it and philosophers said uh, Radhikarman, Kurman consider that useless What is the use of a philosophy, however wonderful that the ends of it may be, that you can't access it? So, you have to have these two things. It has to be a majestic, amazing philosophy that boggles the mind. It makes the head spin. But it also has to be something that I can say, I can do that. I can enter this somewhere. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission is, it has both aspects. It has the description of the eternal spiritual world and the variety therein and all our relationships and the wonderment of the spiritual world. And it also has an entry point for everyone. And this is why we follow in the footsteps of Sri Sukadeva Goswami, Karuna Yaha Purana Guyam, because we felt it ourselves that, yes, this is a majestic philosophy, it's something amazing, but we felt that, yes, we could also enter it it's an old trope that says somebody's thirsty and they ask for water and they say, okay, you want water? There's some in the cloud, help yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, thanks, I don't think I can get up there anytime soon. And somebody else, yeah, can, you, can you give me water? It's like, it's in the ground, just dig. You know, I can't reach it. So somebody else, water, is like, every once in a while a flash flood comes through here. You can catch it. Like, oh, how will I know? Where to catch? When it's going to come? But what everyone wants is water in the palm of their hand. They can just drink it at any time. So there's so many ideas, of philosophical systems. Water in the cloud. Water in the ground. Yogis, I'll meditate for ten thousand years and somehow I'll find the paramatma in the heart. Or gods in heaven. How will I reach him? Or avatars may come at certain times. So how will I be there? But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave this sense that just, you take the holy name. It's right there. Water in the palm of your hand. You can take it at any time. Just drink. Directly. Anyone. It doesn't matter. He said, it's this open mantra. You can take it anywhere. Sing it in the sing it in the town square. And uh, our Acharyas, they all had this mood. The Bhakti Thakur, Shila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Shila Prabhupada's mood was... Go to the town square, like Prahlad Maharaj said. I don't want to go to the forests. Forget the forest in the Himalaya. I'm not going there like other yogis. I'm going downtown, <laughs> where all the lights are bright. And then, you know, just, uh, I'm going where all the people are. And I'm going to be there, karuna yaha purana guyam, to distribute this to other people. Because I have it to distribute, and I know it'll work. And it'll work on, even the person who's unaware of its efficacy when they take it, it'll work on those people too. So this is the preoccupation of those in the Christian consciousness movement to drink this nectar, but then to go out and distribute to others. And in the words of Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, the more you distribute it, the more it increases for you. And that's a practical observation that we all have, that when we give this to new people, the, and they taste it for the first time they come alive that it, for us It's a way of testing our mantras like in the previous ages uh, The Vedic priests they would sacrifice an animal just for the sake of bringing it back to life Why they want to test their mantra and see if their intonations were correct And they were pronouncing everything they had all the syllables in the right order because the, this was a technology And any of you do this? testing of technology you do that, yeah, so you put it out there and then somebody creates writes the code and you have to test it, so they would do that in the Vedic system also test it to see if, does the code work yeah it's working it brought the animal back to life so for us, we take this out and we go downtown Austin and we give it to people anyway anyone in materialistic life is kind of in a trance of material nature and it the the Loka Andina Tamasavrita chanti, So it's like you've killed yourself, you're dead. So they're dead, walking dead. And then you give them a little mantra. It's like Hare Krishna. And take this, read that. And they, they open it all all of a sudden they come to life. It's like, yeah, the mantra works. So if it works on them, it'll work on me. So I get an impetus when I distribute as an ambassador of goodwill. That I also see, like, God, if it worked on them so well, in fact, it worked better on them than me, I better take more of it. So we become enlivened, and this is our movement, to be ambassadors of goodwill. And now I'll quiet down and take some reflections or questions. Reflections are easy. Just anything you heard that uh, caught your imagination or you said, like, oh, that's a phrase or idea I'm going to take with me in my pocket. You can reflect it back. Shastra Krit. Shastra Krit. Hare Krishna Shastra Krit. He has a couple. Said, Please. Good line for Srimabhagasam's set distribution. These books are like the smoothie of the Vedas. <laughs> and he said, good line for selling SSR. This book will help you enter deeply into the majestic Akita philosophy. See, this is a, a Shastra Krit Prabhu, if you don't know him. He's in Atlanta. We were just out there recently. And, um, He's fully uh, dedicated to this korunayaha uh, principle of giving mercy. So he's arranged, he and his wife um, have arranged their whole life, you know, just to be able to bring others in and accommodate them uh, practicing devotional service. So when he hears something, he's pulling out, like, which part can I use as an ambassador? How can I use this as a bridge to give to other people? And that's how devotees think. Although they're, they're relishing it themselves, they're thinking how can I essentialize this into one line so I can say it and people go oh yeah I'll take it yeah thank you Shastra Kriprabhu. yes oh I thought you were gonna raise your hand okay go ahead Hi, Krishna uh, I'm actually kind of confused of the phrase you said um, every word means song and a gate means dance. So she's talking about when I quoted from the Brahma Samhita and she's saying she's confused about what it means, right? About every word is a song, every gate is a dance? Yeah. Well, have you ever been so happy that you just started singing? Yes. You just walk in and say, like, ah, like, what, why are you sing? It's like, I'm just happy. <laughs> the, so. Um, There's an aesthetic beauty to the spiritual world. In fact, I was reading in the Bhagavatam the other day that every gopi has her own raga. The ragas all have like different mood like this is the mood created by the the raga called Hamsadwani. Krishna, Krishna, That's a raga. It's very beautiful, isn't it? It's called Hamsadhwani, like the raga of the swan. So that if you play another raga, you'll f- feel another emotion. And in the spiritual world, every gopi says the shastra has her own unique raga. It's her—the song itself is emblematic or evokes the emotion of her relationship with Krishna. And then it goes on. There's other Shastra quoted there in the Bhagavatam that says that every species of life has its own raga in relationship to Krishna. The point is, Ananya, that the spiritual world is um, the expression of of loving emotion to Krishna. And uh, I saw a bumper sticker many years ago that said the world doesn't make sense without music. So that the spiritual world is... Uh, pervaded by the, the the sound of these uh, songs. Uh, uh, even in, in uh, Vrindavan, as mentioned in, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, that the, the gopis in the early morning time when the sun's coming up, they're churning butter, right? And as they're churning butter, their bangles, like, they're churning rhythmically, and their bangles are, are keeping the rhythm. That's the tall. You know, we use Madanga Kartals. Theirs is natural. Because it's like they're churning, 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 and the bangles ching ching, 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 like that. And then they're singing because they're remembering the pastime that Krishna performed the day before. Like thinking how they just heard about what he did. Like he killed Bakasura or Agasura, he saved everyone from a forest fire. So then they're singing these songs about, you know, how they met Krishna or they heard about Krishna, and so Bhagavatam says then these songs are coming up into the atmosphere and pervading the whole uh, area of Vrindavan with, and that's the song of Vrindavan. That they're always, it's it's a, it's a way they're glorifying Krishna with their with their voices. Uh, and it's expressing what's in their heart out of love for him, and it comes out through music and this uh, beautiful raga. So that's the singing of the spiritual world and how every gate, every gate, gate means just like the way you walk. It's a dance because in the material world, there's a, there's a saying. In fact, there's a bumper sticker. It says, I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. And so, why is everybody moving? What's the gate in the material world? It's like, I gotta go. Just try this. Go downtown sometime and distribute books, right? And if you stand next to a stoplight, you'll be talking to somebody about the most sublime philosophy in the world. Okay, here's the Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. And then all of a sudden, they're kind of like caught for two seconds. And then the light changes. They go, I gotta go. It's like, why do you have to go? Because the light changed. Why is everybody moving in the material world? Because the light changed, and I gotta go. I gotta be on time. I have to be there. And now, we do that too. Say, so Artik's gotta start. I have to be on time. That's the beginning of our practice in the spiritual world. It's like I'm gonna be there all the time. We're moving for a different reason. I'm moving in the material world because I have a debt. I gotta go pay it. And now I've gotta. I gotta be there. I got the light change. I gotta go. In the spiritual world. Everybody's moving it's but moving is not Just for paying the debt of karma. It's there because there's love in the heart when you dance When you're, you're moving because you love somebody it's a different kind of move Movement and that's the movement in the spiritual world. And that's what's being described there in the, in the Sri Brahma Samhita Sriya kanta kanta parama purusha kalpa Dhruma abhumis Kata Ganam. Every kata is a ganam. It's all a song. It's a kata, and like the Bhagavatam. They're all songs. Every verse. Raghunath Bhatta Goswami sang every verse of the Bhagavatam in three tunes. I'm trying to figure out what they were. I'm trying to research and find out which ragas was he singing. But each one of them has a. When you come to certain part of the raga, those who are expert in singing Bhagavatam. When they come to certain parts of the Bhagavatam, they sing it in a different raga because it's meant to bring out a different mood. Some of them are very joyful. Other moods of the, uh, of the ragas, they bring out this a very uh, heavy feeling of separation and so forth. So, so that's, the, that's our life in the spiritual world. That's our life in Krishna consciousness. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, please. So uh, my question is, why do these realized souls get trapped in the womb? Like do Why do realized souls get trapped in the like world, home, like, in the womb? Yeah, like Shukadev Goswami, he was like realized soul. Still, he got birth. Well, Sh- Shukadev was already a preordained ambassador of goodwill, and therefore he performed this leela of appearing in the womb and then coming out to specifically to teach Srimad Bhagavatam, and you'll find that in the life of acharyas, like Bhaktivinoda who apparently came from a family that was not uh, you know, fully engaged in pure devotional service, and then you watch the trajectory of such personalities as they emerge from the apparent mud of the material world, just like a lotus is called Padmaja, right? Padma means mud. So Padmaja means somebody is born from mud. So the lotus flower comes out of the mud. And what's the lotus flower especially famous for? Like in the Bhagavad Gita. It's in The water doesn't stay on. Exactly. Like, Like, <laughs> Krishna uses an example of the lotus. And he said, The lotus is coming out of the mud. It's in the water, but it's never touched. So, these great souls, they they come out of apparent, uh, sometimes, obscurity, like uh, Thakur Haridas, the acharyas in, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. They're born in different places, even outside the Dham. And then their true glory comes out. And, you know, like the lotus, they grow up and then it's like, oh yeah, they're not part of the world. They never were, even though it looks like they came out of the mud. So they show an example because then we can see Oh yeah, that's how you, it doesn't matter where you come from, it matters, you take to the process of the devotional service and you too will bloom and become impervious to the fetters of the material world. That's all folks. Thank you very much for coming out on a weekday. I really appreciate it, it shows great determination and effort because I know you, you might have to go and do your, well you do, have to go do your duties otherwise and it's very meaningful that we got together in this place at this time. Dear Srila Prabhupada, dear Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shishi Sri Panchatava, Radha Madan Mohan, Shishi Lakshmi Lakshmi if you so desire, please empower us as ambassadors of goodwill to distribute the Srimad Bhagavatam to the world. Please uh, empower all the residents of Austin and all over Texas to participate in Purnima this year, which is on September 20th, uh, to help increased by at least 23% so we can reach our goal of distributing at least 100,000 sets of Srimad Bhagavatam by 2026. Thank you for considering our request. By the way, our goal this year is to distribute worldwide at least 55,000 sets of Srimad Bhagavatam and we expect a good percentage of that from the Austin area. Om Tat Sat. Everyone agrees with this prayer in whole or in part, please unmute and say Hare Krishna counter the rich grippus in the beaver chap titanium